Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. Here we are. Back on the block, as it were. Karen, a couple big things happened in your life since we last recorded, so I wanted to give you a chance just to uh, not so humble brag. Oh, well, yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um... I don't know where to begin, but I guess I'll begin where, where it all started, the first event. And I am now officially an award-winning journalist. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Thank you. And well-deserved. Thank you. Very I nice. placed first in the Rhode Island Press Association's arts review and criticism category, um, beating out the Providence Journal's review of Hamilton. No kidding. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yes. even cooler. Yes. I did not think I was going to beat Hamilton. Yet here I am. Well, like I said, very well deserved. Congratulations. Well, thank you. That's a, you're a big deal. I am a big deal for a minute. I mean, it was lovely. I honestly did not expect. Um, it was so sweet. Anthony went with me to the banquet. It was really cute. Um, little husband support. Did they make the announcement at the banquet or did they yes. tell people before you got there? Okay. Well, so they, they, they made, I knew I was nominated. I knew, yeah. I knew in advance you were a nominee. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew I was going to place because when you're nominated, you okay. get something, whether it's like first, second, third, or like a runner up, right? Um, and so there were three of us. So I knew I was going to get first, second, third. I was not going to be a runner up. Um, <laughs> and I just assumed, like, you know, I mean, like, these are like honestly people that have a lot of journalism experience. And I have journalism experience, but I have mostly publicity experience and then journalism experience again. And so I was like, well, I don't know. I'll, you know, like just I, like when I said when I was like joking around, it was an honor to be nominated. It kind of was like it was kind of like it's cliched as it is. I mean, there's plenty of truth to that. Yeah, just yeah. To be considered, yeah. Just to be considered, like, and to have like one of my pieces considered. It was like cool. So they they announced like third place, and I was like fully expecting it to be me. And I was like, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> I was like, and I looked at the other. I was like oh, it wasn't me. I must be second. And I like, get ready to go up for second. And they, and they call somebody else's name. And I was like, like oh my God, they forgot. Oh my God, that everything. wasn't me either. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, that means I'm first. <laughs> so it was a little surreal because I really was like, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get Anyway. And I got a nice little plaque. You get a plaque when you're first place as opposed to a certificate. That's really cool. Yeah. And it was nice to get recognized. You know, I spent 20 years doing publicity and never once like there's no awards body saying you did a great job. No, all that invisible work. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's kind of like being like a, a, it's kind of like being a mom. Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, a fair mom, analogy. Yeah. You know, where like you just don't get like you are doing all of the shit work and you get like no recognition. Like the only time that people think like comment on your parenting skills is when your kid's a beast and they're like you're a rotten mother. Yeah, I mean, like legit. Like yeah. if you're, like if you yeah. ha if you raise a good kid, they're like, oh, you're so lucky. And I'm kind of like, you know, maybe luck didn't have anything to do with it, and maybe I'm just a rocking mom. Do you think of that? Um, but, but I think that. Yeah. Well, thank you. But it's always kind of like, but it's the same way with publicity. You know, like every time if the show does great, it's because the show is brilliant. If the show does bad, it's because the PR sucked. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's kind of like the just lose lose. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely lose lose. So it was actually like really nice to like get recognized for, you know, for the work that I do. 
you know, that was that. Felt yeah, good. I think it's great. I was glad when I saw it. Yeah. And, you know, even like sometimes, you know, clients will say, oh, good job. Thanks a lot. You're great. And it's like, yeah, thanks. But it's kind of like those are so few and far between. And also, it's really nice to get an award. Yeah. Awards are fun. <laughs> and and my kid graduated from high school. Yeah. Speaking of being a mom. Yeah. Speaking of being a mom, my kid graduated from high school. So now I have a high school graduate cool yeah and i had a wedding and i had it's just been like not yours not mine not mine it's just been like a really intense you know like i guess at that point it had been maybe by by the time sunday rolled around like 10 days you know just like super intense and it's still there's still like stuff happening but it's definitely not as wild as like it had been but i still have other things that i have going on but that was sort of um, i'm now finally out of like the hyper intense period yeah so that's why we took a week uh, away from the block guys yes I was, for good last, reason yeah last last recording date i was actually at my kids graduation so and that was a bit of a long day we had family in from out of town and all that so yeah but now we're back on the block i did watch the episode although silly me struggling to find it because i could not i could not remember where this aired and i knew it began with a p and i kept thinking peacock 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 so i even though i kept going i think that's wrong and i was like but but i couldn't. like you kept searching for melrose place on peacock and yeah. you kept not finding it and I maybe sub- that's why you were like, I think this is wrong, perhaps? Oh, no, no. Like, I, I kind of was like, I was, so I tried to, when I tried to watch the episode last night, and, like, I was, like, rushing to, like, watch the episode. Like, it was getting later and later. And I thought it was st- maybe, like, I had another couple of days before Hulu took it off. No, that was wrong. So then I was, like, scrambling to, like, you know, purchase, like, get the subscription that I needed to, you know. And, then, and that's when I was, like, it begins with a P. And then I was like, which, was it Peacock? Is it, or is it another one that begins with a P? There are two that begin with a P, but I can't, I couldn't think of the other P. And so I Googled Melrose Place streaming Peacock and I got Melrose Place is streaming on Peacock. And I was like, okay, great. It must be on Peacock. So I download Peacock. I sign up for like the monthly subscription. Thank God I signed up for monthly subscription only to find out Melrose Place isn't on Peacock. No, it's not another P. It's It's Paramount Plus. I like how all that, and you couldn't just text me. (laughs) You're right. I should have done that. (laughs) So then I have to go through the same thing with Paramount Plus, and I do the whole thing, and I got to do the credit card, and I got to like do the setup on the TV, and I got to do all the shit. I kept forgetting my password, even though I just entered it. It was all like this big fucking thing. And then I finally got it and I signed up for the wrong thing because I had to watch commercials. Oh, I was going to say, now I don't remember specifically what the different um, levels of the subscription are, but I was like, the one bonus now that we're doing these on Paramount Plus is that there's no commercials. But I guess I am paying a different rate than you You must be paying, because I got like this sort of like pop-up that was like, I got a discount, like it filled in a discount code for me. So I only had, I, I only paid like, $49.99 for the year and I was like oh Mm. cool and it was like 45% off or something like that and I was like great but now I have commercials 
And that's like the one bonus I have with Paramount Plus versus all the other ones. I guess not Netflix. Um, is that there's no commercials. Um, so which one are I you guess, paying for? How much did you pay? I I don't know if I paid for a yearly thing. I know I pay ten bucks a month, but I don't know if I paid. I don't know if I'm just like getting billed monthly or if I did pay for like some twelve month plan. Uh, I think I'm just paying. I think I'm just paying monthly. Because like I said, I had a code, and I figured I was gonna, and I bought the year I mean, in I advance, which I always discount. About some code that I guess may have been the promo that that was flagged when you were signing up for it. I don't know. I know yeah, we're talking like logistics, guys, but it's kind of relevant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys are trying to follow along with us, uh, or maybe just want to watch for the good old days, you have to watch on Paramount+. Plus. So there are options. You can get it with commercials, or apparently you can get it without commercials. Yeah, and now I have it with commercials, and I'm kind of annoyed. It just like makes I mean, it you longer. could probably change it, but then I don't really know if it's that worth it. It's just annoying. It is just annoying. Did you have a Hulu... Is your current Hulu subscription no commercials? Yeah, my Hulu subscription. Uh, so we've been watching with commercials the whole time until now. Uh, oh my god, that's so funny. Now we're reversed. We're, it's a different world. Now we're reversed. The I mean, down. I will say, the commercials are less annoying on Paramount Plus than they were on Hulu. I mean, we got rid of commercials a while ago, so it could have changed. But when we had commercials on Hulu, it was like they would run the same commercial like five times it's the in a same, row. It's the same commercial over and over and yeah. over again on Hulu. And they've made the commercial breaks longer now. Ooh, that sucks. So, I don't know. You have dodged a bullet, but yeah. caught another one. Caught another one. Well, I mean, at least Paramount commercials, they were not the same ones repeated ad nauseum. And, I mean, I guess they were maybe a minute or a minute and a half. It seems like it got longer. Like, like the commercial breaks they got might, a little longer. Some are like one, them. some are one and a half, some are yeah. two. I don't know. Yeah, I think they are different. <laughs> like, I feel like they got longer as the episode progressed. Like, they did, like... A minute, like the first, and I think that they it, they kind of break it up in quarters, so you're not getting like five minutes and then commercial. Like regular TV, always felt like it was getting interrupted. Right. I think there were only like maybe three or four uh, commercial breaks, which was which was nice, but yeah. Well, you found it, and I you watched it. it, and I watched it, and Good. that's you know an hour of my life I'll never get back. Yeah, and in the end, it wasn't worth it. No, uh, it's so I will. I'll, I guess, say more about this once we've gone through the whole episode. Uh, but this episode is kind of awful. It's kind yeah. of really terrible. Yeah. The so acting guys. is bad. The storyline is bad. It's like yeah. th this one, no redeeming anything. Yeah. And and now that we've coupled up most of our actors, uh, the st there are fewer storylines. Like, they're even slimmer feeling mm. because they're in whatever their story thread is together, as opposed to like going at each other, which I'll explain a little bit more after we summarize the whole thing. But um, Alyssa was like, are we missing a character? And I'm like, no, it's just everything is so anemic at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but there is some bad acting that I think we should mention at the end too. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, season seven. Episode 20, The Kyle High Club. Um, 
So okay, we 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 left just before Christmas, and now we pick up. It's it's uh, January, um, the holidays are over, and so Kyle knows Eve's secret, and Kyle also has a secret of his own because he wrongly believes that he is sterile, as he and Amanda are trying to conceive, and so he is racked with guilt and self-directed shame and so he's been self-medicating to deal with it which is like a more elegant way of describing the way i think it's all laid out yeah it is way more elegant um but you know can i just say i think that this whole thing is so stupid like he can't have a baby ergo he becomes like he drowns his sorrow in liquor becomes a barely functioning alcoholic and now prescription drug abuser i know i'm getting ahead but um, all and he refuses to tell Amanda that he has this issue. Right, something that she's gonna have to find out at some point. The whole thing is just stupid. It is really stupid. It is really stupid. Okay, I got that off my chest. Yeah, and I'll also talk about it once we're through. But okay, so we pick up at the Amanda Woodward office, and Jane is telling Amanda that she's dropping the divorce case against Michael because they reunited during the holiday when the judge forced them to be together. Meanwhile, Amanda says she and Kyle are having problems, and Jane asks, and she just says, "Uh, I think he's disappointed because I can't get pregnant, which is like not really the way that should work even in the best of circumstances, but okay, fine. Um... And Jane's like, well, I know a fertility specialist back from season one when I had my miscarriage. And it's like, oh, so you do remember things that happened in the past on this show because (laughs) other storylines be telling me not so much. Um, And and then Lexi storms in. I mean, it's nighttime. I don't know why any of them are there, but Lexi storms in because they got a bunch of press about this, the charitable thing that, that they worked on together for the kids in the hospital during the holiday. And the Lexi's name isn't mentioned anywhere. Amanda's name is mentioned nine times. The cover photo is Amanda and Eve, no Lexi. And so Amanda's like, fine, get out of here. And Lexi's like, I'm going to create my own fan foundation. And that's that. And there's a slight twist here, which is just when you think Lexi keeps being more and more awful, because, I mean, this isn't about you. It's a charitable foundation. Amanda says, well, we advertise with this newspaper, and I told them to pull a favor and not mention Lexi. So Amanda was not on the up and up in the first place. And it's a non-issue. It's just another example of Lexi storming in to be a villain. But yeah. in this case... Amanda wasn't being a hundred. Um, and then we go to Kyle's or the upstairs um, and Eve is sounding all Alana miles and she's not singing black velvet. She just sounds just like it. Um, and Ryan and Kyle are talking about the club and Kyle's like, really losing money and they need to bring in more people. And he's like, we need to get additional musical acts. And all of a sudden he's an A&R guy. I yeah. <laughs> So he's becoming more and more irritable and he, he's like rejecting the help that Ryan is trying to give him. And Ryan is not done offering financial advice this episode, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he like tells Ryan, like, stop freeloading off of me. You're going to have to pay for everything. So Kyle like throws money at it. So Ryan like throws money at Kyle and leaves. And because Eve is there and Eve is his wife, Peter is there and he sees Kyle drinking and he tells him, you can't mix pills that I prescribed with booze and Kyle's like "Eh." Um, 
and he tells Eve that he wishes she could be pulling in a bigger crowd. Um, and and Peter asks, what is going on? And Eve tells the same story that Kyle had told, that he beat the guy up, uh, the guy who worked at her prison, uh, and, the, and that they found at the Christmas tree lot. To, like, he was hitting on Eve, so Kyle beat him up because he saw him and did it to defend her honor. And privately, Eve checks in on Kyle, who's drinking more, and he's uh, being all morose in his office. And he just keeps saying he is so sick of lies, which is, you know, ironic. <laughs> because he now has his own secrets and lies. Um, and, like, always did. I mean, this is a guy who was introduced on the show as a cheater, but whatever. Um, and and then he actually mentions the murder to Eve. Um, and... And then Amanda calls, and Amanda and, and Eve and Kyle listen to Amanda giving, leaving a voicemail. And Eve is like, "Why aren't you answering it?" And Amanda's like, "I want you to come home. I want us to make a baby tonight." Um, she sees him not answer, and she walks off. And then he throws the phone at the wall and downs another shot. And it's a big, it's a big Kyle rock bottom episode. Yes, and it's a big, it's a big Doug. Tolerance of Kyle hitting rock bottom episode two. <laughs> okay. Can I just go there? Yeah, John, dive in. When you have to have an actor that is going to like play a part, like the part of somebody hitting rock bottom, you need a better actor. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what I was going to bring up later as well. This is very reminiscent of what they do on daytime. Eventually, everyone at some point gets an addiction storyline, but they do it because those storylines win awards and they give them to the people that aren't necessarily your show's biggest lead, but are the people that like actually have the chops that can right. really carry a storyline right. off. And it's like, it's finally their turn. Right. After years, maybe, of just being like a solid supporting presence it's like now here's your big story run with it and those sequences usually are, are like catnip for emmys and and they work they're giving one of their weaker players the meaty material and he's failing <laughs> he's Bad. failing hard he's failing hard <laughs> and it makes me appreciate some of the other addiction storylines we've seen more at least from an, an actor's perspective well i mean okay allison the alcoholic yeah and even like matt's dumb storyline when he was hooked on uh, when he was hooked on uh, amphetamines whatever, or whatever yeah, yeah. What, whatever he was hooked on yeah you know, like the however badly or thinly or ridiculously drawn those storylines may have been at points or throughout like the actors could do a better job of selling it mm -hmm. uh i mean rob estes does not mm-hmm and it's, he, I mean, he's our leading actor on the show at this point, and they're they're throwing him under the bus. Yeah, they don't think they are. They're just giving him the stuff, but he can't sell it. Rob Estes is eye candy. Yeah, and should be given as little consequential. <laughs> yeah, like he was great when he was there to compliment Amanda. You right. know, in every possible sense of the word. Right. He was there to be, he was good for her. They had a great thing going back and forth. He was good when he was supporting her. When right. she has to be here supporting him, mm -mm. it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Because he can't do it. No. He can't do it. No offense, Rob Estes, but he just I mean, it's a little bit of offense, Rob Estes. You well, can't yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just not the right. I mean, no, it, it is kind of no offense because 
I blame the writers for they they had to know his limitations as an actor. You I don't know do that. You think, like three years in, yeah. You don't do you know that. You can do, yeah. You don't make the you don't make your actors look bad by giving them material they can't handle. Yeah. So, but there's more. There, <laughs> unfortunately, we're not at the end yet. Uh, no. Okay, so uh, we have a bunch of like smaller scenes because, like I said, these stories are kind of threadbare. Um, there's also the group that sings over the credits. I think they're called the Parlo Tones. Uh, they sound very Roy Orbison-esque, so I just wanted to point that out because I like okay. that. Uh, okay, so Ryan and Megan are having sex all the time. Um, and Ryan at one point may- mentions that Kyle has a drinking problem, and he's seen him do this before. Now, that part doesn't surprise me. Like, Kyle has always reached for the bottle. But um, it's still like a-, a whole so what thing. But there's a lot of so what with Ryan and Megan. Right, right. Um, Michael and Jane emerge from the courtroom and they are now uh, officially a married couple once more because they, they dropped the, the divorce proceedings. Um, and they're talking about how they should move in together soon because right now they're in separate Melrose Place apartments. Uh, and then he sees the bill and then she sees hers and the bills are super high. So all of a sudden their finances are in peril. Um, and there's like one funny moment for me when... Michael is reading like the itemized list of things that the lawyers are charging them for. And he was recording Jane's phone calls with Alex Bastian back when he was a thing before oh, he yes. just disappeared. And, and the, the, like, you know, they compare it to him being Linda Tripp, which at that point, 99, that's, that's like the time of the impeachment hearing. So it would have been timely. Interesting. And then we move on. Eve is rehearsing at the upstairs. And what do you expect? In walks Lexi. Um, <laughs> and she, like, this is the thing. Lexi sucks because she just keeps announcing herself as a villain without actually just doing the villainy, right? So she comes in to taunt Eve and say she's hired a private investigator to look into Eve's past. And Eve's like, go ahead, do it. You know what you're going to find? I was a poor girl. And she says, you rich girls are all the same and you don't give up, but it doesn't matter because you're not going to get Peter back. And then Peter shows up and Peter and Eve kiss. And then Peter tells Lexi that it doesn't matter. And he's like, I love Eve. You want to dig dirt on her? I'm telling you it doesn't matter. I love her. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And she walks out. And he goes after Lexi and, and he tells her that he wishes for her what he has found with Eve. And they like sort of make up. She like calms down. But who cares? Because Lexi sucks. Um, and then Jane has sort of recruited Ryan, again, financial advisor, even though he's <laughs> heir apparent to the advertising firm. And and she's like recruited Ryan to help to help her and Michael manage their money since this divorce has, uh, or, or like aborted divorce has bled them dry. Um, and Michael doesn't want to act like poor people. He's like, I want to go to the Palm and order lobster and Chardonnay. And Jane, you and I should go and celebrate uh, dropping the divorce or whatever. And it's like, Ryan's advice is basic. It's like, don't spend money. He's like, don't splurge. Don't buy all the things you want. And then you will have money left over. Like, you don't really have to like hire an advisor to do that and it doesn't matter because michael's ignoring it anyway (laughs) michael thinks he has a solution too which we'll get to um 
Amanda comes home from work the next night and there's some old man banging on her apartment door while there's like metal music playing because uh, Kyle is drunk alone in the apartment. You know, he's like flinging cards in the living room and he's like, the music helped me concentrate. So this is apparently some guy we've never seen and we'll never see again who lives, I guess, in the complex next door. The music is so loud, it's disturbing him. So he came over. <laughs> also, like- I, thought, I thought Melrose Place had a gate an entrance gate but maybe not maybe not um but anyway so amanda's like all right thanks i'll talk to him and she goes in and and she tells kyle that she's made an appointment with a specialist for the next day and and this scene gets a little rough because she doesn't like that he's drunk and she's like well i'm gonna get some rest for tomorrow's appointment and then he's like i'm gonna have a baby the old-fashioned way even though he knows he can't or he thinks he can't um and he then tries to force himself on her in their kitchen she shoves him off and she's like this is ugly and and she goes into the bedroom and and calls it a night and we just close on him dressed like he's a boy band member in like a 1998 video you know he's got this like unbuttoned shirt with like an undershirt uh like a like a tank top like yeah. a white beater underneath um and it's like a little flowy the the overshirt but anyway, yeah, rough scene with Kyle and Amanda that we mentioned once more, but don't really revisit. Um, so Lexi has new news. She calls Megan in to tell her that she has decided she will never, as God is her witness, she will never spend another holiday alone. Because what she really means is she wants a man, a real man. She goes, he's got to have money and be good in bed. And she wants Megan to find this man. And not a doctor. And not a doctor. And right. not a doctor. And yeah, and Megan, and she and she puts Megan on the assignment because she figures Megan knows men. Right. Although <laughs> two of these three men have been doctors. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, I think this was my favorite scene of the whole episode. Well, and then it gets better because Megan's like, well, I'm busy. And uh, Lexi's like, oh, I'm taking away all your clients. This is your new job. <laughs> your and new she job. goes... You find me a partner, I'll make you one. And and then it's going to be Sterling Conway Lewis, right? right. Isn't Megan's last name Lewis? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, that's how companies work. I mean, could you imagine? Um, and then we're at uh, Amanda's agency, and she goes over to Ryan and asks for – does she call him? I think she comes back to the office because Kyle never showed up at the appointment. Um, and she goes, where's Kyle? And Ryan's like – I don't know when he when he says has Kyle been weird with you and and she's like well a little why and he's like eh, no reason um and then we cut to New York because that's where Kyle is at a bar um and he's like scouting he's trying to to find like the really good up and coming New York band that he can bring to Kyle's in like West Hollywood or wherever they are um <laughs> and and so then he calls Peter. It's like suddenly it's like he's like a a music impresario. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so and stupid. he's meanwhile, he needs his new fix. He calls Peter and he's like, I need you to phone in a new prescription. And Peter is like, I told you to take it easy with those pills. If you've already finished the amount that I prescribed and need a refill, like then you're abusing them. Um, and now it's an addiction storyline, like hardcore, and it sucks. Um, so Kyle is like yelling into his phone, and 
you know, like he's all out of it. He hits his head on the, the chandelier that's over the pool table where he's been hanging out. Um, and then we go back to Peter's office and Peter calls Michael in uh, because Michael charged that dinner he and Jane had at the Palm to the practice. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was like, like $275. No, it charged. was 600 something. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. Because at first I thought it was in the thousand. And then I thought he said 275. And I was like, which that's pretty reasonable, all things considered by a modern day thing. But by 25 years ago, I was like, maybe not. Okay. So like $675 for the practice. back then was probably okay. like eye popping. It's like a thousand now. Yeah. Yeah. For two people. Yeah. Um, yeah. For two people. So good job, Michael. Not the solution you think this is. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Amanda still doesn't know where Kyle is. And she goes to the bar and Eva's like, yeah, Kyle is in New York looking for rock acts. But Eva's like, he didn't tell you. She's like, no. And Amanda references that something happened the night before, but she doesn't really dwell on it. Um, and then we see Kyle talking to this young manager with, I mean, I guess groupies. Um, and though they really seem to be hanging around the manager and not the band um, about booking this group, Sharp Objects. Um, and then they see, he goes, step into my office, which is really just an alley. Um, and the guy offers him drugs and Kyle's like, no. <laughs> Oh, can I just ask, what about the rando dude that was welding in the back of the <laughs> we had background? So we knew, I feel like that's how we had to know that we were outside, in addition to the fact that they put their jackets on. Yeah, there's a guy in whatever alley they're in welding. There's sparks flying behind them in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we know, like, so this is like really grungy. I don't mean like grunge music. I mean like, like rock bottom. Yeah. I, mean, it was just, I, was, I couldn't stop I couldn't even pay attention to the scene because I kept on like look like looking at this like random like background actor welding and I'm like why are they doing this I mean nor should you have paid attention to the the scene I mean you figure it's like 10 o'clock at night and the guy is back there welding which, I mean, I guess could happen in New York. It is a 24-hour city. But I don't know I that... feel like it would have happened at other hours, personally. But yeah. 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 Like, if yeah, it was, like, there, bridge but, work, yeah. okay. Yeah. But, like, it's in, like, a bar. No. It would have happened during the day. It's so that's weird. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's how, that's how I view it. Yeah. Okay. So then we get a touch of uh, classism. Because Michael hears Nurse Amy talking about a recent trip she took to Paris. And it starts with the nurse talking about how she didn't even care for the Eiffel Tower. She's like, it's just a big block in the middle of everything. And then Michael's like, how can you afford to go there on your salary? I can't even afford to go to Paris. But this doesn't get to devolve any further because they hear a loud commotion. There's a, a loud patient um, and Michael goes into the ER and he essentially like saves the patient who's having some sort of heart issue. Um, and then the guy immediately like gets with it and he says something to Michael, how you got to be loaded. Um, and Michael's like, you'd think that, but it's not really true. And this guy is like, oh, I trade my whole fortune just for good health. You haven't seen the last of this guy. <laughs> and now we're back in New York and Kyle is in what I didn't know at first was his hotel room. I just knew it was a hotel room, okay. but I guess he's brought everyone back to his hotel room uh, with all these partiers. Um, and okay. my note is this is dot, 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 a new low for this show. Um, 
And so then at the one point, like he waltzes through everyone and he kicks a couple out of his bedroom and calls them in. And at that point, that's when I realized, oh, this is Kyle's hotel. He hasn't gone back with the group to someone else's. No, They're all in his, his hotel, yeah. this nice hotel. Um, I feel like they took the saying snorting coke off a hooker's ass, like literally. Yeah. And if they the could have literally shown it, they would have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's like, yeah. like there every single bad cliche was in this scene. Yeah, and and so it gets worse because he calls Amanda and says, "I had to come to New York." Of course, of course, she's already losing patience, and he goes, "I had to come to New York. I had to scout this band, and then my cell phone died, and I'm not sure when I'm coming back." And he starts arguing with her, and he's like, "Hey, I don't like being kept on a leash." And she's like, "You're my husband. I'm your wife. You need to be here with me." Um, and then a couple of the people come back into their bedroom and start making noise, uh, and Amanda hears them and is like, "What is that?" And he hangs up. And and this time. The guy offers Kyle drugs again, and he takes it. And I guess what he's doing is just swallowing the pill dry. So yeah. to show that he's doing that, Rob Estes makes the ugliest, worst, most <laughs> stupid face I've ever seen. And she, he as kind we of fade like, to commercial. Yeah, and he kind of like holds his his neck like he's gonna strangle himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, it, it was, was it was uncomfortable. It really was. After the commercial. We're back in, I mean, and this is even dumber in a sense. So Megan and Ryan are in the shower and she asks him where he can find a good looking guy. And he's like, you mean me? And she's like, no, someone else. Um, She's like, I'm doing research for a marketing thing I'm doing. Um, And he mentions that he plays these pickup games of basketball every Thursday or whatever it is, which happens to be that day. And she goes, yeah, can I come? And it's like, you don't know this by now. Like if he's doing this every week and you're around him 24 seven, don't you know a bit more about his schedule? But I think they just like did the storyline just so that they could have like Megan and Ryan naked. Yeah. And making out like, because every scene with them is like, they're either stripped naked, half clothed, like, and they're always like on top of each other. Like, I feel like, I feel okay. When was was Sex in the City on TV at this point? Yeah, it had just aired its first season. I'm not really sure by then it had even like really pierced the culture. Oh, I by feel the like time it they did were right away. Episodes. I feel like it did right away. At least in New York, it did. I remember. Mm, it, I remember well, it airing I mean, and it being a very talking, big deal. We're talking the Darren Star universe, so right. then it would have. So it would have traversed from from New York to Melrose. So yeah, because yeah, I would I remember like watching like in real time every episode, like being home on Sundays to watch Sex in the City in New York. Like I remember, and you know you don't stay home to watch TV in New York, or at least you didn't back then. Yeah, not yeah. But that not. actually was like must see TV. Like I wanted to see it when it aired. So I so it was sort of making a buzz, and I kind of feel like Melrose was like feeling the strain and was forcing more grittiness into the storylines. Like you see it with Kyle and all that shit that's going, he's in New York and everybody's half dressed and there's a lot of like drugs and, and like, you know, he's like, we see him being part of a scene. Yeah. Yeah. And now with like Ryan and Megan, it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of 
heightened, like all of the physicality and all of the, you know, sexy times that we got before is it's now like with those two, it's suddenly like heightened to like an nth degree that we never had before. And I'm just kind of wondering if this was a response to kind of what was airing on other networks at the time that was kind of stealing Melrose Place's thunder. It and may have were... been. And that's what they were doing because Melrose really got there first. Melrose yeah. upped the ante and then all these other shows kind of doubled down on it or yeah. one and a half down on it. Yeah. Right. Right. So I kind of feel like maybe, you know, this was their sort of like, you know, their sort of last gasp, their, um, yeah. their death rattle, if you will. <laughs> Truly. Anyway, um, so so yeah, more to come with her fake marketing project, um, and Michael visits that patient. I think his name is Perry, who he saved, um, and they have this sort of fake conversation again about how like this guy is in finance and he's made a lot of money, and uh, you know Michael has less money, and he goes, uh, "Listen, I'm smart enough to know who my friends are." So they're teasing up something more to come there. Uh, and Eve visits, I believe it's her parole officer, unless it's someone else that she's supposed to visit regularly. Um, but he's almost like a counselor. And she says that she still hasn't told Peter her big secret. And he asks about the club. And she's like, my only fear there is that someone will figure out who I am. Uh, and he, there's this actual nice moment where he talks to her and says, who you were, not who you are. Um, but the point remains, he, he says, you need to tell Peter your secret. Which, yeah, she should. And this show, no one should throw stones because everyone lives in the glass apartment. Um, and and we're back at Michael's and a young man knocks on his door with a card that says a gift is out in the street. And it's a car. It's a Ferrari. Um, and it's from this Perry guy. That also, <laughs> I think they're using a different exterior for outside of Melrose Place than they used to. But... Um, uh, you know, Jane is like, oh, this is great. We need money. We can sell it. And Michael's like, no, it would be an insult to sell a gift like this. And they sit in the car and there's a note on the phone in the car to call Perry ASAP. And Michael's like, I can't keep it. And he's like, yeah, I'm inviting you. Come on over for lunch tomorrow at my place in Bel Air. Um, and Jane has to work. So Michael's like, yeah, I'll go there on my own. And then they take the car for a joyride. Um, and then it's that night. In New York again, Kyle is stacking up empty shot glasses at another nightclub, and um, and then he's talking about Amanda, and then one of the women starts kissing him, and he kisses her back and then stops. He cuts it off um, and says, no, and this would be a real bummer if my wife found out. And um, meanwhile, at Melrose, Peter is just sitting drinking a beer by himself by the pool when Amanda comes home and he's like, Oh good. Eve told me to tell you she'll be coming home late. Cause she has to close up because Kyle is uh, being a jerk in New York. And he's like, what's the matter? And he, he's like, you need to go out there, bring Kyle home. It's what he's asking you to do. It's like, okay, fine. Dumb, immature, but fair. Um, and then we cut to a couple in bed. So, of course, that's Ryan and Megan. Um, I think they wanted it to be like a slight tease. Like we thought, oh, my God, is Kyle actively cheating with someone? But no, it's just his brother with Megan. Um, 
And so she gets up first and she like opens up her laptop and then he gets up and sees that she's got this like spreadsheet on her computer about these guys and it ends up being a nothing scene because they get interrupted by a lot of knocking and it's Amanda and she tells Ryan that the two of them are going to New York together and they're going to catch the red eye uh, because something's wrong with Kyle and she is scared to death. So Amanda, heart in the right place. And then we come back from commercial and they're in New York the next morning and they knock on his door and she sees them, him and these girls in the this hotel suite um, and she starts like beating the crap out of him because she's like, and you're cheating on me? And she walks off and it's fun. Um, and then Ryan sticks around and talks to Kyle and Kyle's like, no, I didn't do anything. Nothing happened. I'm just an idiot. And he's like, okay, I'll straighten it out. And then back in LA, Michael was visiting this Perry guy in his nice house. And, you know, he goes, we're short in the money department these days. And so then he does like the hard sell and asks Michael to invest in this sure thing. And Michael sees all the dollar signs. And Michael's like, look, I don't have a lot of discretionary income. Um, And he tells Michael, no, this is guaranteed. I just need the money. Um, So we know this can't end well. This will not end well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan catches up with Amanda back in New York. Now, there was also a thing about how um, Amanda was originally going to go, I think, with Ryan to meet with a client in New York. And she said Ryan was going to have to go without her. And in the end, because Amanda canceled because of she wanted this fertility appointment. So now Amanda and Ryan are both in New York. And I'm pretty sure neither of them ended up meeting with the client. But whatever. Uh, Ryan tells Amanda that Kyle didn't have sex and that she really needs to talk to him. And she's like, I'm going back to L.A. At the hospital, uh, Michael comes in and talks to Peter. He gets, at one point, Peter to get up and go do something. And then he sits down at Peter's computer and he sees how much money Amanda's foundation has raised. Um, And this is bad. I mean, this is going to be bad. (laughs) And... And then Ryan is all of a sudden back in New York and Megan sees him and she comes to talk to him and she says something about this like fake marketing project, like, you know, project find Lexia man, not a doctor. And I don't, I didn't pay any more attention to it. I don't know if there was more to it. I didn't get anything more from it other than I think it's dumb. Um, And then Kyle comes back and there's like slow, serious guitar strains. Uh, He goes up to his apartment, but the chain is locked on the door. And Amanda doesn't want to talk to him. And she tells him goodbye. And he says, I could break it down. And she goes, look, whatever happened with you happened way before you even left LA. And it's a much bigger problem than I can help you with. Um, And she like sends him on his way. This is basically exactly where we were two years ago when Amanda broke up with Peter because Peter kept like fooling around or was about to fool around with Taylor. Mm, Like she shoved the door on. They'd been married a couple months. She wouldn't let him in the door and she goes, it's over. So now here we are again with Kyle. Good, good callback. And that's where we are. And I mean, I already kind of said my piece on how the Kyle storyline is bad and Rob Estes can't sell it and so I don't really think I have anything more to say there. Me neither. So that was the episode. The show is really struggling. And we still have 15 episodes to go. I know. Can you believe that? Like, what could possibly happen in 15 episodes at this point? Well, 
the only thing I remember is that it, I think it gets significantly more crazy close to the end, but I feel like we waste a lot of episodes between now and then. And I'm honestly not sure you're going to like the crazier, but at least it's uh, upping some ante. At least like, I remember, I remember kind of where we leave off with everyone at the end of the show, but I don't really remember too much more about what happens in between. Like, you don't know how we get there. <laughs> like, I remember maybe one or two specific things and that's it. So no. So I'm like reliving it for the first time, but, which isn't great. And, you know, it's not like, it's not like discovering season two for the first time. It's not like seeing Kimberly come back from the dead for the first time. Right. Or the not like wig. That. or Not the, like the wig or the scar. scar no, it's not like the yeah. bombing. It's not, it's none of that. No. Well, you know, it's fun. It's I think that's this is something that we can talk about on um, on the boulevard. Um, but I just really think it's sort of interesting. Well, it's hard to watch beloved shows fail. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're seeing some of that now in some current shows, which we can maybe discuss on the block briefly. Yeah, I have a feeling we both have ideas, and I bet some of them are not the same. Ooh, interesting. So you guys are going to have to come on over and see. Okay, I did want to say one uh, other other thing on just on a serious note before we leave the block which is and I'm, i don't even know if you heard but in real life uh jack wagner's son passed away oh my god no i did not hear that he was 27 and it sounds like he had addiction problems himself um and the only reason i say that is because i think he passed away last week and in the interim jack and his ex-wife christina who was on they met on general hospital, general hospital she's still yeah. On, yeah um they like created a I don't know if it's a scholarship. I don't know. I don't think foundation is the right word, but they created some sort of monetary fund for young men dealing with addiction. Okay. And that, that's the only kind of statement they made. But mm-hmm. we send love on behalf of Back on the Block to um, all of the Wagners. Yes. It's very sad. I actually really did not sad. hear that. So I am very sorry to hear that. All right. We're going to the boulevard. boulevard. And now we move on to the boulevard. So we hopefully we'll catch you there and we will see you back here next week on the block. Bye.